woke up today, thought I was back in uh, December. Oh, man. Happy Easter, everybody. Get out and shovel. <laughs> Not the way that I wanted to wake up today, but that's okay. Hopefully you had a good weekend. Uh, the Brewers split with the Cardinals over the weekend. The Bucks got a win yesterday, albeit a little bit of a scare. So uh, good for them to get away with one. That was the best opportunity, in my opinion, for the uh, for the Bulls to be able to kind of steal this series if indeed they had any shot at all. And uh, they gave the Bucks their uh, their best, and the Bucks still were able to overcome. The Bucks didn't play well. They they looked a little rusty early on, like they had been sitting for about a week. So uh, now the uh, series again will come back on Wednesday as the Bucks and Bulls go at it again. Hopefully, the Bucks can get Game Two of this series. In the meantime, the Brewers uh, get a win. Josh Hader gets his 100th save as a Milwaukee Brewer, which is a really nice milestone when you think about it in, in its entirety. And uh, now you just kind of figure whether or not the Brewers are going to be able to going to be able to uh, get themselves uh, as they, by the way, um, begin a three-game series with the Pirates tonight, if they can get themselves uh, off to a better start. Uh, they're still not playing good baseball. Uh, Colton Wong was abysmal defensively. Had a couple of errors, a couple of problems yesterday, which extended the inning, which then Albert Pujols, who just, for whatever reason, still kills the Milwaukee Brewers, he parked a monster home run into the Loge level and uh, just, <laughs> just uh, again, kind of just jabs that dagger into the hearts of so many Brewers fans. But the Brewers ultimately able to overcome and get themselves the win. You had NASCAR racing on the dirt, which I don't know. I, I watched a little bit of that. And if you're a NASCAR fan, maybe that's just getting back to its roots. Maybe that's just something that you just really you were salivating for and enjoying. But uh, the fact that you could barely see it because of all the dust that was being kicked up, it was, um, yeah, it wasn't the, the best viewing experience. Let me say that. Uh, and then you've got uh, numerous, and I just posted the article a little while ago over on the Facebook fan page if you haven't seen it already, but uh, numerous wide receivers throughout the National Football League who are looking for what can only be described as their their second, their their big contract. Um, their second contract, but their big contract for those like Debo Samuel and company. Uh, they don't want to report. They're, they're saying, no, we're not going to report until we get uh, some extensions. After the, the kind of money that has been thrown around to Devontae Adams, Tariq Hill, and so forth, this offseason, in the last two months, it has changed the um, it has changed the landscape, the monetary landscape for wide receivers in the uh, in the National Football League. So now you uh, you got to look and see whether or not these guys are actually going to get these contracts that are going to be uh, extremely substantial eventually, if you will, to pay wide receivers what they feel they're worth. I, I, I'm just, my thought is, and, and every time you get big contracts, it seems to change the landscape of the National Football League at a particular position. For a while, it was like when Zeke Elliott got his big deal for the running back position, a running backs thought, okay, it's coming back. And ultimately, it's not. 
uh, running backs who used to make a lot of money don't make the same amount of money as they used to uh, back in the day, so to speak. And then quarterbacks obviously are making big money, and now wideouts are making big money. And because the passing game has become so prevalent, quarterbacks are on the move. There's not much you can or can't do via trade this offseason. I mean, we, we've seen so much change in the NFL. However, however, the one thing that I do want to make uh, perfectly clear, and that is that, yeah, you're not going to get with all the different wide receivers that are saying Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaren, uh, DK Metcalf. There, there's a lot of these big time receivers that are saying, "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We we need these contracts. We don't want to do all these off season workouts. We don't want to get hurt. We want to make sure that we're we're ready for the season. We're not going to do this in kind of protest, so to speak. Uh, and also, also now think about this. That would pretty much eliminate those names from trade possibilities because you're not going to be able to sign them. If you're the Green Bay Packers. Now, if you can trade for a guy who's got a couple of years left on his deal and then he's going to, and maybe that team would then take a couple of draft choices, but you're not going to sign him. So you're going to lose the draft choices and you're going to eventually lose that wide receiver to free agency. You're not going to do that. You're not going to go in that direction. So the likelihood of the Packers getting involved in some of these big time names that could possibly be on the trade block it's probably becoming more and more nil because of the money that's going to be demanded down the road. The Packers just simply aren't going to be able to afford to do it because they have so much money paid out to other position players. So I, I, I think that was kind of the loud salvo over the bow of the ship that I took away from some of the talk o- over the weekend. Uh, 877-867-1670. Glad to have you, though, on a Monday. Hopefully your weekend was joyous. Hopefully your, uh, your Easter Sunday was a good day whether you spent it with family friends what have you and you enjoyed your day uh but it was uh, it was a good weekend i mean i would have liked to have seen the brewers get a, you know at least one more win over the weekend sporting wise uh right now they sit a game back you got the cubs and the pirates right there with uh, the cardinals everybody's within a game of one another a half game of one another so they're all right there um but that uh but baseball wise uh look the brewers aren't playing well right now they're just not. Defensively, they're not great. Offensively, they're okay. They're okay. They're not They're not lighting it up. There's still a lot of the same issues that we talked about last week, still kind of hounding the team right now. But at least they're scoring some runs better than what they have in the, you know, getting, uh, getting off to the start last year. But nevertheless, I mean, um, it, it just – it's not great baseball right now, and they are sitting there, what, a game back? That's not a bad way to go. I think Bill Schroeder said it during the broadcast yesterday. He said, look, you know, if you split with the Cardinals and you're not playing good baseball, consider that a win. You can't, you, you can't do this for an extended period of time, but for right now, where things are, it's not bad. Tyrone Taylor, big double yesterday. Big double, drove in runs. Big day yesterday. That guy uh, continues to uh, try to strike when he gets that opportunity. Good to see Rowdy Telez with a with a ball off the wall. So um, and, and, and just you know McCutcheon continues to deal. I mean, they they got some clutch hits. They got some guys on base. They're not hitting for a lot of power. The power surge is is non-existent. They don't have any. But 
at least they're uh, doing what it takes to drive in a few runs. Meanwhile, the Bucks they took uh, a punch to the face from the uh, from the Chicago Bulls. The Bucks got off to a fast. They were up by 16 at one point. And you thought, okay, this is going to be reminiscent of the last time the Bulls were at the Fiserv Forum. They just got stomped. I mean, the Bucks at one point were up by f- close to 40. And you thought, this is, this is not even, this is done. Here we go. Up 16. And then the Bulls got to halftime, made a few adjustments, and uh, off they went. Off they went. Chicago, they're kicking themselves. They let that golden opportunity to kind of steal game one slip through their fingers. And maybe... That chance for the first round upset because I said, look, if the, if the if the Bucks win Game One, that that's it. The only shot the Bulls had, in my opinion, to steal the series from the Bucks was to win Game One and put the put the Bucks on their heels. Uh, the Bulls erased a sixteen point deficit. They took a one point lead briefly midway through the fourth quarter before the Bucks came back and closed the door. Now Milwaukee won despite twenty one turnovers. And Chris Middleton, cash money, uh, and Drew Holiday shot a combined 10 of 29. 10 of 29. It was, then again, the Bulls, they, that, that end of that third quarter, into the midway through the fourth quarter, they couldn't hit anything. They were one and done, bricking it anywhere and everywhere. They were one and done. Not much to their game. Not much to their game. Coach Bud talks about the turnovers yesterday in that contest. Um, we just got to be sharper, execute better. Uh, I mean, we had some that were just kind of, you know, um, a little bit wild in transition, maybe pressing a little bit much. Um, so, um, you know, we'll look at the film, maybe give Chris better spacing, better execution, better screens. But, you know, I think he'll be, you know, he'll be ready to bounce back. I'm sure they'll be ready to bounce back, but they just, they, they didn't shoot well. Their turnovers were up. Um, they looked rusty. Even though early on they looked solid, I think the Bulls were still kind of trying to find themselves after, uh, well, I shouldn't say after a beating, but so many beatings. What was it, 15 or 16 out of 17, something like that, or 15 out of 16? They just haven't been able to get over on the Bucks, and now that continues to mount. Uh, and, and Chicago likely won't shoot that poorly again. 32.3% overall, 18.9% beyond the arc. They shot terrible. That's what I said. They shot terribly. The Bucks defense far better equipped for a uh, a better game, but uh, the Bucks better play some better defense because if the Bulls start hitting those shots, they're really going to find themselves um, working really, really hard just to get out of this first round. Working really hard. So big weekend. Big weekend. Ben, how was the trip to New York, man? Did you do okay? Oh, the trip was bad, but being there was amazing. Um, the way there Why was a trip bad. Oh, big time flight delays on the way there, the way back, LaGuardia, probably the worst airport in America next to Chicago oh, O'Hare. Yeah. So it, it was just a bad experience. Um, it was cramped. The, the airplane was too hot. But aside from that, I had a great weekend. The uh, Chicago O'Hare, I haven't had a bad experience. It's just that it's so they, they have so much under construction that it just it, it you're, you're running everywhere. That's the only thing. It's 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 crowded. We all know that, but the experiences I've had at Chicago O'Hare in the last two years is just that it's so much of is under construction with parking. It's just trying to find a place to park down there is is crazy. Other than that, I haven't had a terrible experience at Chicago O'Hare. 
Uh, but I agree with you. LaGuardia is awful. Oh, when you LaGuardia connect in O'Hare, your your flight connections are in a different zip code. Yes, Every that'll time. Get, that'll give you. I see. I've never connected at O'Hare. Would you fly out of Milwaukee to O'Hare and then over to New York? No, no, I didn't. No, I was not in O'Hare this time. But whenever I have oh, to go okay. somewhere that Madison does not fly to, I often connect through O'Hare. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I've never had. To, I've only. I take that back. I did once. I was flying to San Diego, and I flew out of Milwaukee, which the flight from Milwaukee to O'Hare is you don't have time to really even buckle your seatbelt, and you're already down. Um, but O'Hare, it's just it's so mad. It's like Denver. Denver's pretty spread out, too. If you've got a connector flight and you've got to go from one terminal in Denver, you got kind of a haul. you got kind of a haul down there. But, uh, but yeah, O'Hare is, is really spread out. Um, but other than that, I haven't, it's to me, going to O'Hare is more the pain in the ass. And if you don't, O'Hare is so hit or miss because of the traffic. So you can go down early on a Saturday morning and not hit traffic. And you're there an hour early, uh, earlier than you thought you would be. And then if you say are budgeting your time and say, well, I'll get there two hours ahead of time. And you hit O'Hare traffic for whatever reason, it's just a busy day. Oh my God. You're running through that airport to try to catch your flight. It's terrible. Awful. 877-867-1670. We got a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show right around the corner, right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. There is a terrific company based right here in Wisconsin called Wabam, W-A-B-A-M. Go to getwabam.com. They're cleaning products. And if you want to do some detailing on your vehicle, motorcycle, whatever it may be, go to getwabam.com. That is getwabam, W-A-B-A-M.com. And look for the Wabama race team all over the state of Wisconsin this year running the super late models, I believe. Uh, all over, whether it's Slinger or Lacrosse, and you start to name the different speedways out there throughout the state, they're everywhere. Say hi to Ryan, to Stefano, and the gang. Go to GetWabam, W-A-B-A-M, GetWabam.com. That is GetWabam.com. Welcome back to the program. So, Bucks going to win this weekend. Brewers got to win this uh, yesterday, I should say. They split with the Cardinals. What have you taken away from really the first week of the season? The first full week a uh, week and a half of the season. Now that you look at the standings and you see that the Brewers five and five, ten games into the season, after the first week, week and a half, what have you taken away from this Brewers season? Brewers sitting right there at five hundred, Cardinals at five and three, five and three. Brewers back at it again tonight, taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates, by the way, a half game ahead of the Brewers in the standings. Believe it or not, Brewers got uh, games today, tomorrow. And uh, on Wednesday, off on Thursday, the only off day of this month, as a matter of fact. Then they're back out on the road for uh, against Philadelphia. It's a weird schedule because they go on the road for Philadelphia. And then they come back home for a Monday game against San Francisco. Then they go back out on the road against Pittsburgh before coming back home 
to uh, face the Cubs. And then they get Cincinnati in. They get an off day. Then they get Cincinnati in to start the month of May. It's a really weird kind of setup. Only one off day. That's coming this Thursday in this month. They only have three off days in the month of May. Three off days in the month of June. July, there's a little bit more, obviously, because of the All-Star break. And the All-Star break taking place on the 19th of, uh, of July. And they've really got a compact schedule. Only three off days in August, three off days in September. And you go from there. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Again, uh, give us a shout, 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up. Uh, Mark says uh, the Brewers not playing great baseball would be an understatement right now. Just look at some of the power numbers this team does not have. Their home runs are next to nothing, only five on the season. This team has been put together with bailing wire and duct tape. Uh, I, I don't think that's true. I mean, I they'll hit. I'm not overly concerned about the lack of home runs at this point. Five home runs in ten games, I get it. It's not great. It's not where you want to be. Understandable. Uh, I do like the fact that when you look at a guy like, say, Christian Yelich right now, I mean, even though – um, his average is only 200, 359 on base percentage. So he is taking walks, but still, uh, again, when it comes to Christian Yelich, second on the team in strikeouts, the strikeout numbers are high. Uh, Willie Adamas really struggling, off to a terrible start. Colton Wong, not much better. Uh, when you start creeping up on 50. 50 at-bats, that's when you start to look at guys and go, okay, uh, what is your season going to end up being like? You know, because it's no longer where you're going to get, you know, two at-bats or three at-bats and you go two for three and things are all of a sudden really, really good. Uh, it may start something, but for the most part, it's it's going to take a little while to start digging out of that hole. You got a guy like Andrew McCutcheon, on the other hand, who's hitting 282, 310 on base percentage. He's got an OPS of 668, playing well. Uh, but like I mentioned, Adamas, Colton Wong, uh, Hunter Renfro, for that matter. That lineup, man, uh, between when you look at Christian, let's let's take this, for example. You look at um, you look at Yelich, Renfro, Colton Wong, Adamas, even with Andrew McCutcheon. Between them, between them right now, you're talking almost 120 at-bats. They have one home run. They have one home run. That's it. Now, Christian Yelich did take that liner off the wall to the deepest part of the ballpark over the weekend, which had it been, say, you know, 40 feet, 50 feet over to the right-hand side, it would have been out of the ballpark. So, you know, it hit directly uh, just above or just below the yellow line on the center field fence. So that would have been out of the ballpark. But still, that became a long double. But between them, they have one home run. Between those five players, over 120 at-bats, one home run. Power numbers in that realm are nil. Nil. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Taylor who says, Yellow's still taking too many good pitches and getting behind and then having to uh, swing at junk, which he did yesterday in that soft tapper back to the mound. That little chopping ground ball, that was just a excuse me, please don't get it past me type of swing. That I agree with. Um, Ronald says home runs at home 
Don't come easy. The AmFam early need warmer air and uh, more humidity. It's Yeah, but it's warm inside that. It's warmer inside that place than it is in most other ballparks at this point. I mean, they, they've got uh, they've got snow in Cincinnati again today. The Cubs are, you know, Chicago's getting the same amount of snow. I mean, granted, once, you're right, once the, the, the roof is open, there's a little bit of a jet stream, a little bit more humidity, the ball will sail a little bit better. But AmFam Field's always been known as a bandbox. Always. Good. I'll tell you this, Pujols didn't have any problem putting one out of there. I mean, that Lowe's level shot he hit, that was a monster blast. Monster blast. Sometimes you either have it or you don't. Right now, after 120 at-bats, 20-plus at-bats, they only have one home run between the top of the guys in that lineup. Nah, not a good way to go. I agree. Now, more than a few extra base hits, that I'll say. Um, what, they got 10? 10 doubles and two triples between McCutcheon, Adamas, Wong, Renfro, and Yelich. Ten doubles, two triples. Both of the triples by Colton Wong, by the way. But they're they're not uh, they're not producing the way you would hope. Rowdy Telez, though, how about Rowdy Telez hitting two ninety six as of right now? Two ninety six. Uh, what is it? Three doubles, got a dinger as well. Five RBI, fourteen total bases, and uh, the fact that he's only got six strikeouts, six strikeouts and three walks. That's solid. Rowdy Telez, at least early on, somewhat surprising people. 27 at-bats. Not a bad way to go. But the rest of it, Narvaez hitting to it. Right now, their team batting average is 213. 213. Their team OPS is 626. That's it. 626. They are not playing some good baseball at the plate. Let's put it that way. Not doing enough. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, find us, go ahead and do so. We're going to talk with Scott Grodsky of CBS 58 coming up here at the bottom of the hour, and uh, we'll chat with him a little bit about both the Brewers and the Bucks. as a matter of fact, about the both the Brewers and the Bucks. Meanwhile, the pitching staff, the pitching staff, Corbin Burns, solid. You know that. Adrian Hauser right now, eh, not the best, but he's pitching He's pitching decent. Nine and a third innings, eight hits, three earned runs, 289 ERA, which isn't terrible. You know, the things just, they're not, the you know, they're not bad. Brandon Woodruff certainly bounced back in a big way his last outing. But uh, things in other areas, not nearly as good. And Devin Williams has not. Devin Williams, while he did get out of it, or at least I shouldn't say get out of it because he ended up getting pulled. But Devin Williams has not been able to his consistently hit the strike zone. And what he's throwing down and away, that slider, is is all over the place. He's not throwing it for strikes the way he did last year. Doesn't mean he won't this season. Just means that right now he's struggling. And as far as your setup guy goes, when you got to start bringing other guys in to bail him out, that begins to hurt your bullpen. So you're hoping Devin, Devin Williams is kind of able to get control of that overhand slider. Um, 877-867-1670. Um, Casey says, hard to watch the first 10 games. Silver lining, though. They played pretty bad, and they're still 500. Uh, they'll get it going this week. Rowdy is a blessing. Bucks ugly? Yes, well, maybe. I think the uh, the Bulls aren't getting enough credit for, um, let's see here. I, I think the Bulls aren't getting enough credit for playing hard on defense 
Uh, grind on the Bucks. A win is a win. Packers excited for the first round of the draft. Uh, still need a wide receiver. Still hopefully they get Fuller, Landry, or Cooks. When you talk about those guys, there's a possibility if they're not asking for too much money and the, the price would continue to come down. But right now, because of the big contracts that have been doled out for wide receivers in the National Football League, that's part of the problem. That's what I was saying earlier is a lot of these guys see the money that's being thrown out there, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for anywhere from $12, $15, $20 million a year, and the, the Packers don't have it. They don't have that ability to go out and do that. That's the reason they picked up a guy like Sammy Watkins. $4 million bucks, a lot of incentives. They can afford something like that. You can't afford to go out and get some of the other guys that are sitting out there right now. They're, just, they're asking for too much money, and they don't have the – now, once the season culminates, and if they haven't found a home by then, you may get one of those guys in on a little bit cheaper deal with a lot of incentives. But for the most part, you, you've been priced out of the market. Been priced out of the market. 877-867-1670. Go ahead and hit us up. But coming up next, Scott Grotsky, CBS 58. We're going to hear from him. We're going to talk a little Brewers baseball. Going to talk some Bucks basketball. His thoughts on both of those contests. Coming up next. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program on a Monday, a snowy Monday, this April 18th. Uh, at some point, it looks like this weekend, though, Thursday, it's supposed to warm up, Friday, and then Saturday's supposed to be in the 70s, and hopefully if it's not raining and we get a little opportunity, we can get out on the motorcycles and ride a little bit. No better place to go get a bike, uh, just sniff the leathers if you want to do so, and <laughs> get your bike all tuned up and ready for the summer riding season. That's our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to wishd.com. That is WISHD.com. Again, WISHD.com. And see all that they have to offer. Highway 67 in Oconomowoc, just south of the highway. And uh, they're about halfway between Milwaukee and Madison. So either way, you can't go wrong. Stop out to WISHD.com. And if you're looking for a terrific, terrific deal, whatever it happens to be, whatever you're looking to buy, whatever you're looking to trade in, uh, stop out and see our buddy Craig Winger, the GM out there. Good guy. Good guy. Go out and check him out. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Again, 877-867-1670, uh, hit us over there on, uh, on all the uh, different avenues, so to speak, to get hold of us. Uh, joining us now on, uh, the, uh, the hotlines, our good buddy, uh, Scott Grodsky from CBS 58, uh, in Milwaukee. You can find him on Twitter at Scott Grodsky. Scott, how you doing, pal? I'm good, Bill. Just looking out the window right now. A little bit depressed at the winter, but, you know, yeah. it's only April. Yeah, exactly. I uh, Today's Easter egg hunt would have been scrutinized heavily had it uh, been yesterday, and this weather kind of you moved know, I, in at that point. The, we wouldn't have found out anything. Yeah, Packers talk all the time about how they want to have uh, that winter weather advantage in the playoffs. That's why they need to have home field advantage. <laughs> and they start their workouts today, so they get to deal with it already. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, let's let's start, though, with the Brewers. And I wanted to ask you this because uh, I start going through only for the top five batters in the lineup, over 120 at-bats, only one home run. Does the lack of power that this team has concern you? 
Yeah, uh, not because of the first 10 games, but because it concerned me going into the season. I, I think that, you know, we we knew what their pitching staff was going to look like. And on the flip side of that, you know, the first two starts when Burns and Woodruff didn't look great, did that concern me? No, it was two starts. Um, but uh, you knew going in that the lineup was going to potentially be a problem. I, I will say I, I through 10 games, I'm very impressed with what McCutcheon has done. Uh, I was a little concerned that, you know, that that's your big signing. Um, he's actually looked pretty good. But, I mean, it's not, it's not just the top of the order either. I think uh, through 10 games, I don't think a single player on the Brewers has two home runs. That's honestly hard to believe, and that's a, that's a stat you have to check a couple of times. Uh, I was anchoring yesterday. I had to check it a bunch of times just to make sure I wasn't wrong before I said it. Of, you know, a season-high six runs. That's not great. Yeah, it's um, the fact that this team with runners in scoring position, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are times they come up with big hits and they're getting some extra base hits, but the lack of power, especially with the home series at, at, at you know American Family Field and not being able to put the ball out of the ballpark in a warmer condition than what it was down at Wrigley, a little bit concerning. Now we all know that they're going to start to hit more home runs as the summer months start to become upon us, but... Uh, the fact that they're not putting key at-bats together, they're still letting a lot of first-pitch fastballs right down the middle go by the wayside. Christian Yelich, you know, I know he had that long uh, long double, that line drive that hit off the center field wall, and it probably would have been out of the ballpark to anywhere else, but he's still taking a lot of pitches early on in the count as well. Not not the best of situations right now offensively, and to, to kind of back it up, you got Devin Williams who continues to struggle a little bit in the back end of the bullpen. You've had a couple of bad starts, although I look at it and say, but the team's 500, so that's, I guess, the silver lining in all of this. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're still 500, and it's 10 days in or 10 games in. So I don't, I don't think that we need to massively overreact to anything that happened. To me, the biggest concern is the hitting because it was already the biggest concern. It's nothing different. I I think Devin Williams. Yeah, he sure has not looked great. Uh, But I imagine he will turn things around. I imagine the rest of the pitching staff will as well. And and do I think the Brewers will have this little power and be this bad with runners in scoring position the whole season? No, um, I don't think any major league team will be that bad throughout the course of 162. Uh, but, I mean, it's sure, you know, that this isn't the Dodgers lineup. This isn't the, the Yankees lineup. This isn't something that no team is coming into American Family Field scared of the lineup. Good news is so- they're terrified of the pitching. Yeah, the pitching has still been pretty stellar. Tell me this, because uh, I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend. We were talking about Josh Hader. Could Josh Hader, I mean, I know he's going to make a lot of money. And the Brewers, we all talk about how the Brewers can't afford him. I, I don't know what they can and can't specifically afford. But could you look at Josh Hader longevity-wise and say, this, this, you might be, if you let him go, this might be like the, our version of Trevor Hoffman. Do you look at him as being that good? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you can ever look at anyone as being. Kaufman was what fifteen years of dominance, um, but right now there's no signs that he can't do it. Uh, I think that's a very, very lofty goal. That's, I mean, that, that's Hall of Fame goals. Uh, but right now he he looks great. He looks great every year. Occasionally someone gets decent contact on him. I mean, Arenado was a couple feet uh, to the the right of the foul pole away from that being a tie game instead of being a strikeout for save number 100. So he's not impeccable, but he's as close as you can get right now. He is, I would be doing everything I can if I'm the Brewers to make sure that, that he's not going anywhere because whatever kind of bundle of prospects and anything else that you can get for him, it's not going to be enough for the way he's pitching right now. 
Adrian Hauser not Adrian Hauser not throwing the ball bad either. Uh, when I mean, I know it's early on. He's only gotten what nine and a third innings in, or something to that effect at this point. But he looked okay. I mean, there's there's quite a few guys. Uh, you know, Freddie Peralta obviously has had his struggles, and he's gotten. And Freddie Peralta, he's kind of the enigma because last year he really, after developing that next pitch, he really seemed to kind of get it all together and just hasn't been able to find his stuff. Uh, early on this season. How long do you give a guy before you say, you know what, uh, this might be somewhat problematic? Do you give him three, four, five, six starts? How many? Yeah, I think you got to give him at least until mid-May to maybe start of June. So that, that equates to, what, six to eight starts, something like that. For someone like Peralta, it's different if it's someone who hasn't proven it on the major league level at any point, but Peralta has. Um, I, I'm not really super concerned about him with Adrian Hauser. It's, I mean, there's, there's not many teams in baseball. There may not be any teams in baseball with a better number four starter than Adrian Hauser. And if Peralta continues to struggle uh, and those struggles go on from days to weeks to months. Okay. Adrian Hauser is a pretty darn good third starter too. Yeah. Right now teams have an on base average against Freddie Peralta of three thirty three in this season. Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I want to flip over to the Milwaukee Bucks. I said going into the weekend that the only way Chicago beats the Bucks in the series is if Chicago gets game one because the Bucks are going to come out rusty, going to come out really confident because they've had a lot of dominance over the Bulls. The, the Bulls, to their credit, were down 16 and came storming back and took the lead for a brief period of time. But I think that was the Bulls' last opportunity to really beat the Bucks in this series. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only way the Bulls were winning that series is if there were injuries. Honestly, even if the Bucks would have lost game one, I would have assumed it was going to be like the Celtics series a few years ago where Paul Pierce says he thinks it's over and then the Bucks win the next four. Um, I, they're just, they're so much better than the Bulls. The Bucks played about as bad as they could have last night. They even got into foul trouble with Giannis and they still won the game. I, I don't. I don't know that you can realistically be concerned about the Bucks unless there are injuries, and I would even go a step further and say similar to how I felt in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, if for some reason Giannis got injured and didn't play the rest of the series, I still think the Bucks win the series. They're just they're they are a better team through and through. The Bulls were a good story for a while, and then it eventually sort of exposed that they were a good story because they kept beating the teams that aren't in the playoffs, and they, they can't really hang with the true contenders. I would imagine this series is four. I think it's possible it goes five if the Bucks just, you know, phone it in for one of the games at United Center uh, in game three, game four. I would think on Wednesday the Bucks are just going to blow the doors off of them, though. Talking with Scott Grotsky, CBS 58. You can find him at Scott Grotsky over on Twitter. Uh, going back to the game last night with the Bucks, uh, the, the the turnovers to me, I look, I know you can make all the different excuses and talk about Rusty. It just looked like they were. It just looked like they came out a little out of sync, although early on they were hitting their shots and Brooke Lopez was a beast down low. It just seemed like they just they were just a little out of sync, didn't handle the basketball really well. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday didn't shoot the ball extremely well. It looked like at that times they were kind of like, I don't want to say panicking, but throwing up a shot to see if they could just get something to fall and it wasn't, and you could just see kind of frust- frustration mounting. Yeah, I mean, they they looked rusty, and they looked at times like a team that, you know, for all the talk and all the coach speak about, you can't you can't look past any opponent. You can't assume that you're going to – they looked like a team that sort of knew, okay, well, yeah, it's all right if we have a turnover. We're still going to win the series. And I don't think they're wrong. Uh, it's not the greatest mentality for a team to have. It's one thing for fans to have it. But um, I, I, I think – they're very aware that they are better. They're very aware that they are looking at this not as in 
every game is a must win. Every game is a do or die situation. They know that, you know, if things go the way they want them to, they've got two months of basketball left in this season still. And so it's not the end of the world if they got off to a bad start. And frankly, for whatever reason, uh, under uh, Coach Budenholzer, they really haven't been very good in game one of any series. Uh, hasn't hurt them as much as as you would think. They, uh, I think they've they've lost game one in six series since Budenholzer took over as coach, including the last three series last year. And of those six series, they ended up winning five of them. So I don't know that there's anything crazy to look into about how that game was yesterday. I think it was a bad game. I think you flush it. I think they'll be much better on Wednesday. Real quick, before I let you go, uh, the Packers, uh, a lot of talk about different guys, different wide receivers, maybe not wanting to report, contract size. I don't think the Packers have the ability to go out and get one of these other guys that are sitting on the free agent market for more than $10 million. I just don't think they're going to have the money. Do you like the Watkins signing? I think it's fine. I I think they they shot their shot with Watkins. I think maybe you see them get another guy similar to him who is, whether it's injuries or age, not exactly at his prime. Uh, on a low prove-it deal. Um, I mean, once they, once the wide receiver market shaked out the way it did, and especially with the money that's coming into some of the younger, promising receivers, the Packers are going to have to get someone in the draft. And uh, Watkins can be a great option if he's healthy and if he lives up to the potential he had, but he can't be the only thing you bring in. You can't be going into the season with Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Mari Rogers and calling it a day. Uh, so I, I don't know that they're going to make any major moves. Maybe they make a move like a couple of years ago when you bring in a Devin Funches, someone along those lines. Uh, but no, I, I don't know that any of the top names available are, are what you're looking for. It's more just a matter of do they use a first-round pick? Do they use a second-round pick? Do they use multiple picks in the first couple of days? Or do they do what they've done at, at times and just baffle everyone and do nothing. But I, I don't think that there's any way to do that. I think you're looking at at least one pick in the first two days, uh, possibly two or three. Always good, my friend. Take care, and I'll see you at the ballpark real soon, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thanks, Scott. Talk to you soon. There you go. Scott Grotsky, CBS 58. You can read his stuff over there on Twitter, at Scott Grotsky, at Scott Grotsky, G-R-O-D-S-K-Y. Good to get him on the hotline. Join us for a couple of minutes as well. Let's do this. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back on a lot more to get to this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light Seltzer, Seltzer, the hard soda, is back as well. The cola, the cherry cola. They've got the classic orange. All that good stuff from our friends at Bud Light. And don't forget, they do it without uh, without any sugars. Good taste, no sugar, you're good to go. It's that good from our friends at Bud Light and Budweiser as well, the official beer sponsor of Major League Baseball. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Back on this Monday, Bill Michael Show. We continue on. I want to remind you that our good friends over there at JL Tire Service, uh, just north of 94, right in the Johnson Creek exit, uh, they take care of you. Lyle and the gang out there, fantastic people. 
great service techs. Uh, their work is impeccable. And if you have any issues, uh, Chad and, and Lyle and everybody there, they take care of you. Take care of you extremely well. And they're people you can trust. And when it comes to your car and reasonable prices, that's two big reasons that you want to go there uh, because a lot of other places just uh, aren't nearly as good or as trustworthy. And they've got two locations. They've got one right there in Johnson Creek, another one in Watertown. Go to jndltire.com. That's jndltire.com. And if you're an over-the-road driver, they also take care of the big rigs. So don't be afraid to stop in there as well. If you've got an issue, whether it's tire, brakes, trailer repair, whatever it happens to be, they do that as well. So go to jndltire.com. That is jndltire.com. Richard says, I think Yelich is afraid to swing at a baseball ever since uh, he was hurt. Um, and Brian, Brian actually is taking it a step further. He said it's time to boycott games until our greedy owner spends more money on offense. Uh, he is wasting a great pitching staff. You want to boycott games? Now, let me say this. I'm not in favor of that. Just an FYI, not happening. Um, I, uh, I I guess my question is, who did you want them to get? Who did you want them to get? What big-time name was out there, power hitter, that was out there that you wanted them to get? I think they – look, I think the fact that this team has been in the playoffs four consecutive years – I think that he spent the money on Christian Yelich, whether you agree with it or not. I think the fact that they have done anything and everything they can to keep, um, you know, the pitching staff intact. Um, they brought in Colton Wong. They spent money coming out of the pandemic in a year in which they probably shouldn't have spent money, but they did. You know, I, I thought for sure they'd take a step back. And instead, they took a step forward. I thought for sure they would do they would do that, and they did just the opposite. So I give the owner credit. I give the owner credit for spending money. Now, are they spending two hundred and fifty million dollars on a payroll? Are they spending two hundred million dollars on a payroll? No, I get that. I understand that. But I'm not I'm not boycotting because they didn't spend enough money. I think the McCutcheon signing was solid. And it's right now, anyway, it's proven to be proven dividends, paying dividends. I'm good with that. But um, but I'm not I'm not boycotting the Brewers, no. And greedy? I, the owners of Major League Baseball, they don't ref, they, they refuse to open their books. They won't open their books to the players. They won't open their books to us. Okay, it is what it is. But I I don't know how you can say – Mark Antanasio, has, if David Stearns has gone to him and said, hey, I believe I can get a player that's going to help us, I don't think David Stearns has ever said no. I think they have a budget to work within, but I don't think he's ever said no. If it meant getting themselves better in a better position for a championship, I I think that they that he would do it. I believe I believe eventually look, they spent money on 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 Christian Yelich. He just hasn't produced. 
That's You can't say they haven't spent money because they did the signing for Christian Yelich, who has not produced the power that he once did. I mean, if you're going to be mad at anything, don't be mad at what you would consider to be a greedy owner. He spent the money. Here's a long-term contract, a big contract. He gave it to a guy who is hitting 320-something with 30 and 40 home runs. And since then, in two seasons, a season and a half, he's gotten like a whopping 12. That's not the owner's fault. That's the player's. Right? 877-867-1670. Good argument, though. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.